Hey, I'm, I'm extremely excited uh, to be here this morning. Pastor asked me uh, if I would mind preaching on this Sunday. I said, absolutely. And, you know, I prayed about it as, as most of the time you do when you, when you get the opportunity to preach. So God, what is it that, that you want me to share with the people? And, and most of the time it's, 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 it, it kind of comes, you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and, and then God reveals it. But the thing is, the truth is, God revealed what I'm gonna share with you today a year ago. A year ago, 2001, uh, I had quadruple bypass surgery and, 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 and was recovering from that on this Sunday last year. And I remember sitting in the chair uh, that I spent 56 days in recovering from that surgery. I'd, I'd been in the hospital, obviously, going through the surgery. I'd been home, and then I got to go back to the hospital because I got sick, and I lost 22 pounds in one week. And I remember sitting in the chair uh, when Kent Wells came up here to preach, and I was watching online, as many of you are this morning. You're watching online. I remember sitting in that chair as Kent got up here and did a fantastic job sharing the word, fired up, gave us a great challenge, ushered us into year, this year, 2018. But the whole time, I'm sitting there, I'm discouraged. I'm feeling hopeless because I didn't understand what God was doing in my life. You see, I felt great in 2017. I felt great. I'd gone through two heart attacks in 2009. I'd gone through many, many procedures and surgeries. I had all the sorts of stuff going on in my heart that had been taken care of. But 2017, I felt great. It was the best I'd felt in a long time. And I just went for a normal checkup to do my stress test. And then I was going to move right into 2018. And of course, I failed the stress test, which led to two more procedures, which led to quadruple bypass surgery, which led to going through depression and feeling hopeless. And I remember sitting there as Kent was preaching and again, doing a great job. I said, God, I, I want to feel this. I want to know. I want to know what's going on in my life. I want to know why this is happening, but I didn't have any answers. And so when, when pastor asked me to share this morning, this is what came to my mind because literally from that moment, God led me to the passage I'm going to share with you today. And it literally changed my life. It changed the way that I view worship. You see, so many times during this, this time of year, so many people are gonna be making goals. They're gonna be going, this is what I wanna do. This is the resolution I'm gonna do. This is how many books I'm gonna read. This is how much weight I'm gonna lose. All that sort of thing. But mine came about worship. Mine came to be, to live the life that God has for me. So I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know if you're sitting here or you're watching online and maybe, maybe you're recovering. Maybe you're in that same boat that I was in last year. Maybe there's a sense of hopelessness. What I'm hoping is what God shared with me is you get to be a part of my quiet time. You get to be a part of that 56 days that I, that I spent with the Lord in that chair. And God showed me these things. So hopefully today will be, be an encouragement because there is great hope of what's moving forward. And so as we look at this, I want us to open up the word and I want you to turn to Matthew 14, Matthew 14, and we're going to read 11 verses, Matthew 14, 22 through 33. So if you would, if you wouldn't mind, stand with me as we read into God's word in honor of that. And I began reading in verse 22 of 14, Matthew. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. And while he sent the crowds away, after he had sent the crowds away, he went up onto the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. 
But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped and those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, you certainly, you are certainly God's son. Father, we thank you for this morning. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to come into your, your presence. Father, I pray right now that you would nail my flesh to the cross. You would set my spirit aside that, Father, that every word I speak will come directly from you. Open the hearts and the ears of the people to hear from you today. And I pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus, for we can do all things in him and strengthen us. Amen. You may be seated. Many of you have heard this story before. You've read this story many, many times. And so many times we want to focus on Peter's failure. He gets out of the boat and he sings and he has doubt and all like that. And we get all that. But again, this is not what God led me to this passage. You see, when we look at this, he's talking about moving forward, talking about wanting something better, something greater. And I don't have any idea where you are right now, but if you're like me, you want to do something greater. No matter what you did in 2018, you want 2019 to be even greater. Not that you would be glorified, but that God would be glorified. And that's what I wanted. The problem was where I sat in that chair, I couldn't see it. I didn't have any idea what was going on. Satan was beating me up. He was having a heyday with me. So I said, Lord, I want to move forward. I want to go, but I don't know what to do. I just wanted to get out of the chair and walk. And some of us may be in that boat today. You may be in the chair and you may be going, it may not be a physical chair, but it may be a spiritual chair where you're saying, God, I just want to get out of this chair and I just want to walk with you. And that's an incredible goal to have. But before we move forward, let's take a look back. And when I think about taking a look back a couple weeks ago, I came across a picture actually that Kent came and, and, and took and, and shared with the staff. It was about two or three days after surgery. And, and I thought about putting it up on the screen and showing it to you, but it, it is a, it, the only thing that makes it a good picture is because my wife is in it. Other than that, it is an ugly picture. Now, I know many of you are thinking, well, Russ, you're ugly. And I get that, but I was really, really ugly in this picture. I was, my eyes half open. I was slumped over. I was in the beautiful yellow gown that they give you in the hospital and it was hanging down about right here. And you could just see this, the black scar on my chest from the surgery. I look hideous, right? Scary, ugly. But when I look at that picture and I think to where I'm at today, a year later, I just want to give God praise and honor and worship him because I think of where I was and where I'm at now. It's only because of God and his glory that I get to do this. So before we move forward, Let's take a look at the disciples where they were. You see, because I want you to understand that before you move forward, that God does have a plan for your life. 
If you're sitting here this morning, you're breathing, your heart, beat is, your heart is beating, God has a plan for you in 2019. And that plan is not to show up every seventh day and come and sit here, hear great preaching and great worship. That plan is for you to do something greater in 2019 than you did in 2018. The disciples were told to get in the boat Immediately, where were they? They had just heard and they knew about the beheading of John the Baptist. Now think about that for a second. John the Baptist got his head cut off for no reason. No reason. The disciples knew that. And they're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, he got his head cut off. We're followers of Christ. He's about to tell us to go do this. What's happening to us? So you know they're grieving over his death, but also possibly going, what is going to happen to us? They saw Jesus do all kinds of miracles. They just went through an incredible thing of feeding the 5,000. They saw that, but they were tired. They'd been with Jesus. They said, Jesus told him to get in the boat. You see, when you're tired, that's when Satan's going to come after you. When your tank's not full, that's when Satan's gonna come after you. And Jesus says, I'll need you to get in the boat. Immediately, get in the boat, get out. I have a plan for you. Now, what they didn't know is that they were about to enter into a storm, but Jesus did. What I didn't know last November was I was about to enter into the storm. As great as I felt, I was about to enter into the storm, but you know who knew? My father knew, and he had a plan for me, just like he has a plan for you. So understand that. Also understand that God sees everything and he knows what you're going through. He knows your heartache. He knows your pain. He knows your discouragement. He knows your fears. He knows all of those things and he's there watching over you. The Bible tells us that when Jesus sent, the, sent his disciples away, that he went up into the mountain to sleep. No, he went up in the mountain to pray because he knew his disciples were about to enter into a storm. And he was praying for them, overseeing them, watching them, knowing full well what they were about to face. God oversees, he knows what you're going through. In Deuteronomy 31, six, he tells us this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He will go with you and will not forsake you. God is with you. I didn't feel that. I didn't feel it. I'm just being honest with you. Those of you guys that know me, you know, I'm, I'm transparent as transparent can be. I'm sitting in that chair wanting to get pumped up, wanting to get fired up. If you can't get fired up when Kent Wells is preaching, you need to check your pulse. And that's where I was. I needed to check my pulse because I wasn't getting it. Why? Because I was doubting the Lord. I didn't see his plan. I didn't believe he was with me. See, we go through two types of storms in lives. We go through the storms of correction. That's where we have to get discipline, right? Those aren't any fun. Jonah faced that. Jonah faced it because he was outside the will of God. He wasn't doing what God had asked him to do. So sometimes we, when we get outside of the will of God, God's gonna go just like dad, go, I wanna let you go a little bit, but sooner or later, I've gotta bring you back and it's not gonna feel good. That's outside the will of God. But then there's also the storms of perfection. And that's where the disciples were. They did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They got in the boat, but yet they found themselves in the middle of the storm. And that's when God comes in and grows you and strengthens you. So I don't know what storm you may be in. I was in a storm, but I didn't know it at the time. But God says, I've got you where I want you. Now I'm gonna teach you 
and I'm gonna show you some things. And this is what he showed me, so I want us to go back to scripture. The first thing that Jesus, that God showed me, the Holy Spirit showed me during that time is number one, that know Jesus. If I truly wanna live the life that God has for me, I need to know Jesus. Verse 27 says this, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. I love this part, know Jesus. Now I know you're sitting there going, well of course I know Jesus, right? And I could also say that, I, that, that many of you in this room are going, I, I love Jesus. It's, it's not about that. It's about truly knowing him and knowing his voice. Me and my wife are going to celebrate in February 26 years of marriage. And I can honestly say that the first time I laid eyes on her, I fell in love with her. But what I've loved over these last 26 years is getting to know her. How do I get to know her? By spending time with her, by being intimate with her by knowing what she likes, she doesn't like, by speaking with her, by walking with her. That's what I'm talking about. It's not just saying, I love Jesus, I show up here on Sunday morning. It's knowing Jesus and knowing his voice. The scripture says that Jesus spoke. It doesn't say that Jesus cried out, Jesus shouted, Jesus screamed at them. Think about that. They're in the middle of the storm and he spoke. And they knew his voice. Do you know Jesus' voice? God was asking me, do I know his voice? Do I truly know Jesus? See, if I truly know Jesus and I know that Jesus knows my fears, he knows my worries, he knows my fears and anxiety, he knows when to come, he knows exactly what I need. See, I love this part about it because he may not come when we think he should come. He doesn't work on our timetable, but he comes exactly when he needs to come, he'd sent them away. He let them go out over three to four miles. You know, these are, these guys knew the boat. It's about five miles to get across, but they're three to four miles out there and the, and the waves were beating them, battering them. That word literally means tormented. If you don't believe in spiritual warfare, you need to believe in spiritual warfare. They were in the middle of God's will, doing exactly what Jesus had asked him to do. You know who doesn't want you to do what Jesus asked you to do? Satan himself. And so every time you step out to do what Jesus asked you to do, Satan's gonna say, no, you're not gonna do that easy. I'm gonna come against you. The waves were tormenting the boat. They were tormenting the disciples. And Jesus knew at the exact time to come. He knows your fears. He knows exactly what you need. You know, you guys know, again, I just shared, I had the, the surgery and I've shared this before, but I, I, I didn't know exactly what tri, it was supposed to be triple bypass surgery was. Sounds really cool, but I had no idea what it was. And so as a, as a guy, I want to know what it is. And so I did what any normal guy would do. And I Googled it, tri, a triple bypass surgery. Okay. Now I was supposed to have a triple bypass surgery, but I ended up having quadruple because I guess I wanted to go for the home run. I don't, I don't know why, but anyhow, so I Googled triple bypass surgery and you know, you can Google that and they'll show you what it is. I mean, they'll show you, they'll do everything. So I'm sitting there Googling, I'm watching, I'm going, okay, here we go. And I knew that they were gonna have to cut my chest open. So I see the saw, there you go, they cut the chest open. And I knew they were gonna have to get whatever they, things that spread you apart. And I saw that, but what I didn't realize, what I didn't know at that time, as I'm watching this on video, I didn't know that that surgeon was literally gonna reach into my chest, take my heart and place it over here on the table. Yeah, that's what I said. 
Now I'm watching that and I'm going, why am I watching this? This is dumb. So I see all that. Now I'm terrified. Now we go meet with the surgeon to have the consultation before we go to surgery in a couple of days. And he said something to me. He asked me something I'll never forget. He looked at me and he didn't, he didn't ask me, do you have any questions for me? He said, what are your fears? I'm not saying he's the Holy Spirit. But when he asked me that question, what are my fears? I was able to go, here's what my fears are. And then he began to explain what he was gonna do. See, that's like our father. In Jeremiah 33, three, if you haven't memorized the verse, I would suggest you memorize this one. Jeremiah 33, three says this, call to me and I will answer you. Not maybe, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. When that surgeon was able to tell me the things that was gonna take place, it calmed my nerves. I was still gonna go through it. We're still gonna go through the trials. We're still gonna go through the storm. But he's saying, call to me, your father who loves you with an everlasting love, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. I have no idea what was gonna take place. But I also understood that when I asked the question, when the surgeon says, what are your fears? And I said, here are my fears. I know one thing I didn't do. I didn't tell him all my fears and then say, thank you very much and walked out. I told him all my fears. And when he began to explain what he was gonna do, I leaned in and listened. See, so many times, myself, I'm not gonna include you in my quiet time, but I think some of us are like this. I cry out. I give him all my fears. I say all of this and then I go, oh, amen. And I walk away. We need to know Jesus and know his voice and take time to listen. Listen to him. That's what God was showing me. And that's what God was telling me. Why? Because he says, I want you to take courage. I want you to become fearless. I want you to be willing to do whatever I've asked you to do. I want you to be willing to do something great for me. Why? We need to know who Jesus is so we can do something that we can't even imagine doing. That's what Peter got the opportunity to do. When Jesus told him, he said, he says, take courage. Take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. So what he's basically telling him, said, be, be fearless. I am, do not run away. Get it? I am. And John, John tells us who I am is. Tells us who Jesus is. He says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the door. He says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the true vine. He says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the life and resurrection. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is, I am. And if Jesus is not that to you, then you don't know my Jesus. Because my Jesus says, I am all those things. And if I am all those things, what are you afraid of? Don't be afraid. Take courage. Be fearless. Know Jesus. Number two. If I'm gonna live the life that God has for me, I need to depend on Jesus. Verse 28 and 29, depend on Jesus. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you 
on the water and he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. Now I love this because Peter, in this instance, when Peter asked to come, right? When he asked to come, Peter was wanting to imitate the miracle that that Jesus was doing. He wasn't wanting to do it based on his ability. He wasn't wanting to do it to say, look at what I've done. Look at all this great things. I'm going to get to walk on water. What he was doing is saying, if it is you, which really literally translates, since it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Now, Peter had a great dependence on Jesus's power and on Jesus's word. Why? Because if you look back, if you flip back a couple pages in Matthew, in Matthew 10, one in verse eight, Jesus says this to him. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority, get that, gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you receive, freely you give. See what Peter was doing is he said, since it's you, command me to come to you because I depend upon you, not because I got anything except the power that you've already given me. See, believers in Jesus Christ that are in this room today, you've been given the power of Jesus Christ. You've been given the power and authority to tell Satan to shut up and to leave you alone. Whatever lie he's trying to tell you, whatever wall he's trying to build, whatever chain he's trying to wrap around you, break it because of the power of Jesus Christ and his ability not your own ability. Depend on Jesus. Again, that's what God was sharing with me. You need to depend on me. Know me. Depend on me. I love what Peter did. Peter focused on Jesus, his power, his source, his connection, right? But then what happened? We all know it. Everybody knows it. He failed, right? He failed. He went out there. He was doing. He was depending on God. But then he failed, and that's all right. See what what I get, and and, and again, is this deal is, is that Peter's like right here, and he's looking at Jesus. Said, "If it's you, command me to come to you." Where are the other disciples? They're in the boat. Peter says, "I'm coming." If it's you. Since it's you, command me to come because I'm dependent on you. Peter felt it's okay. See, there's so many times we don't do something because we're afraid to fail. We need to stop, believers. We need to stop being afraid. We need to stop backing down. We need to believe in Jesus Christ, know him, depend on him and say, you know what? If you're asking me to do this, this is what I'm gonna do. Peter says, if you're asking me to come, I'm gonna come. The rest of the disciples sat back and watched and they're probably thinking, Peter's a lunatic. Great, I wanna be a lunatic in 2019. I wanna be the one that says I'm getting out of the boat. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna just go through the mundane. I don't want to just go through and say, you know what? Well, 2018 was great. I guess 2019, but okay. I want to do something great, not because of me. I want to be like Peter and says, Lord, if it's you, I'm going to come. If you're telling me to come, I'm coming. I'm going to depend upon you. But then he began to lose his focus, right? He got distracted. Saw the waves and the wind and all that. 
And we get distracted by two things. We get distracted by fear. I feel like fear, that, that overwhelming feeling that, that, that I can't get out of this situation that just overtakes us. It's like, I can't do this. But I love what 1 John 4, 4 says. says, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Now, when you look at that in scripture, the first he is capital. The second he is not. Greater is the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you than any spirit or anything that lives in the world. You have all power and all authority over anything that Satan may try to throw against you. And you may not believe that, but if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you have accepted him and you've given your life to him, you have that same power. Depend upon that. Don't lose focus in that. And then the second thing we lose focus in is busyness. We get busy. Satan's no fool, you know? He gives us all sorts of things to justify. We think, well, yeah, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I'm a busy man. I've got to do all this sort of stuff. But then we get distracted by it. I remember as I was sitting there recovering from surgery and, and, and just wanting to get out of bed and I had these like, like water hoses coming out of my stomach. They were, they were tubes, but they literally felt like, you know, fireman hoses stuck in my belly. And there was four of them. Uh, and I remember laying in bed, I had a doctor come, a surgeon come and spend some time with me. And, and he's like challenging me. He says, man, the quicker you can get up and start walking, the quicker you're gonna get out of here. He says, we've got 92 year old women that are walking around this hospital. I expect you to do the same thing. And I'm like going, there's no way I'm gonna let a 92 year woman show me up. No offense to any 92 year old women in here, but I'm thinking to myself, I'm 54 years old. I gotta get going. And so I wanted to walk, right? I wanted to get out of bed. I wanted to go. So I get out of bed. I'm thinking, I'm gonna walk around this hallway, man. I'm going to show this doctor what I can do. And I, I get out of the bed and I've got this walker. And it literally was one of them, them, oh, one of them walkers where you pick them up, set it down. Right. And I had these tubes coming out of me. I had these wires coming out of me. Again, I looked hideous, right? I didn't look as good as I look now. That's a joke. You'll laugh at it later. But I had this walker going and I remember taking a step and then another step. And that was it. I was exhausted. I couldn't go anywhere because I had all this stuff on me. The next day, two days later, I finally get the tubes out, started getting wires out, get rid of that stupid walker, and I started walking. How many of us sitting around here this morning going, I've got all these tubes, I got this walker, I got all this stuff stuck to me that I can't walk with Jesus Christ because I'm too busy, right? Jesus is the greatest example in Luke 9, 51. Luke 9, 51, it says this. When the, when the days had come for his ascension, were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. He was determined. Now think about this for a second. At any moment at that time, Jesus could have healed more. He could have taught more. He could have raised more people from the dead. He could have done all that. But he was determined to go to Jerusalem. Why? Because he knew going there was taking him to the cross, was taking him to his purpose. Don't ever allow distractions to keep you from your purpose that God has for you. Don't ever allow fear to keep you from the power of Jesus Christ. See, that's what happens when we get distracted. We lose focus. But I love Peter. Peter got distracted, began to sink, began to sink, and he cried out to the Lord, Lord, save me. He did it at the beginning. He didn't try to do it on his own. He says, Lord, save me at the beginning. 
Quit trying to do this on your own. Quit trying to do ministry. Quit trying to do life on your own. Depend on Jesus. And then the last part here, the last one, is believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Verses 32 and 33, it says this, and when they got into the boat, the wind stopped, and, and those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, you are certainly God's son. I, this is, to wrap this, this is where God got me, right here. All of this is taking place in the midst of the storm. It's going crazy. And when Peter said, when he commanded, he says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. He did it in a sense of, of believing in Jesus. Believing Jesus was gonna protect him. Believing and depending on him, we just talked. But he literally believed because he knew who Jesus was. He believed in Jesus. And what I love about it is that he didn't believe in his own ability. He believed in Jesus. Think about this for a second. He began to sink and then Jesus got him, picked him up and carried him to the boat. Now, I don't know about you, but, but if I'm Peter in that instance, right? When, when we get back on the boat and all of a sudden the wind stops, the wind ceases, right? Miraculously just stops. Once, once Jesus sets me down, which I'm probably not letting him set me down. I just want to hang on to him right and look him in the face going, man, thank you, thank you, thank you. But once he sets me down, knowing who I am, knowing the little boy that I am, I'm walking around going, did y'all see me? Did you see me? I got out of the boat. I walked on water for a little while. I began to sink, right? But then Jesus picked me up and I walked on water again. I walked on water, and I'm sure the disciples are going, you didn't walk on water, Jesus walked on water. Yeah, but me and Jesus walked on water. See, when I try to do it by myself, I sank. But with me and Jesus, I can walk on water. With you and Jesus, you can do anything that God's asked you to do. By yourself, you can't do a thing. But with Jesus, all things are possible. And that's what God was showing me. Believe in Jesus and all things are possible. And what did the disciples do? They began to worship. The Bible says that they fell down and worshiped. That word there, worship, means to adore, to reverence, to literally fall down, prostrate yourself down at his feet and worship Jesus, this is what got me. As I sat in that chair, I read that and I underlined that word worship and I put a box around that word worship and I just kept staring at the word worship because I wasn't worshiping my father. I wasn't worshiping my savior. I was worshiping the idea of it. You see, the disciples didn't see that. And if you go back to Matthew 8, it talks about it, that, that Jesus did the same thing. He calmed the storm, but this time the disciples looked at him and says, what kind of man is this? That even the waves and the seas obey him. But this time they looked at him and said, oh my God, truly you are the son of God. How many of us haven't had that moment? 
where we're truly looking and going, you are the son of God. See, the disciples didn't go, oh, this is awesome. Hang on one second. I want to worship, but uh, hang on. Hey, Brad, would you mind getting out here and and striking the band up and and kind of getting some music going and kind of lift my spirits up so I can kind of get in the mood to worship? No, there was no music. It was worship. That's what God showed me. This is what has completely changed my idea of worship. I was in my living room, in my chair, by myself, falling down the floor going, I want to worship you because of who you are. I'm not taken away from corporate worship. This is an incredible privilege that we get to be a part of. Eternal privilege that God allows us to come together in corporate worship. But I'm telling you right now, if this is your only worship, then you're not living the life that God has for you. Your worship is every day. And that's what he was showing me, to be in awe of him. That's what the disciples did. Peter got out of that boat. He walked on the water with Jesus. A few chapters later, Jesus looked at him and says, Peter, Peter, upon you, upon this rock, I will build my church. Two chapters later, Peter got to go. And when Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter was there. And then a few chapters later in Acts, Peter says, Jesus, because of you, this is what I get to do. And 3,000 people were saved. All because Peter said, I don't care if I fail. I want to do something great, not on my ability, but your your ability. He went through the storm. And then he got to do something fabulous. He got to live a life for God. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know where you are watching online. And I thank you for just allowing me to share my quiet time with you. But I think about where I was and what I'm getting to do now. It's an absolute privilege. God doesn't need me but he allows me to be a part of it. He wants to wrap me up and let me walk on water. I don't wanna live a life of just going through the same thing. I don't wanna just go to work, come back home, go to ministry, come back home, make a phone. I wanna live the life God has for me. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe, maybe you've never even taken that first step. Maybe you never even said, okay, I want to know more about this Jesus that you keep screaming and spitting about, right? I want to know more about that. We're going to have people down front here in a minute. I want you to come down here. I want you to surrender your life to him because he loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He died for you. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you thought this morning, it's like, okay, we're going to go and it's going to be a challenging deal or whatever. But maybe God's spoken to your heart going, you know what? This guy's right. I've just been living, getting by. I wanna do something great. I wanna walk on water. If that's you, I want you to come down front. Maybe it's because you've got something you're hanging on to. I don't know. Maybe there's things in your life that you need to let go of. Come down front. Leave it here. People are gonna be down here to talk to you, to pray with you. God has a plan for you. He knows what you're going through. Come to know Jesus. Come to depend on Jesus. And truly come
to believe in Jesus. Would you stand and bow with me as the ushers, as the prayer partners come down? I'm gonna pray. As Todd said earlier, Kent said earlier, there's an opportunity if you wanna come and meet the staff, we'll have a time of that. But, but don't rush out of here. If God is dealing with you, dealing with you, listen to him. I hope and pray that it didn't take a quadruple bypass surgery to finally get me to stop being busy and to listen to him. But I do know that during that time, God showed me so many things about true worship. Where are you? Are you gonna do the same thing? Are you gonna say, you know what? I wanna be like Peter. I wanna imitate Christ. I wanna walk on water. I wanna do something great. Wherever you're at, people are down front to visit and to pray with you. Father, we just come to you this morning thanking you for an incredible day. Father, thank you for the privilege it is to get to come into your house and to praise you. Father, I have no idea, but you do. The hearts and the ears and the minds and, the, and, and all that's going on right now. I know many are, are even distracted right now, but Father, I pray that they not walk out of here without knowing your son, Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. Father, this is eternity. Father, I pray if there's a dad here today that just for whatever reason, Satan's beating him up because he hasn't been the dad that he's supposed to be, that you would break that chain, bind up the enemy. Father, that you would bring him to his knees, that he would surrender all to you. Father, if there's a, a mom here that feels like she hasn't been the mother, a wife, or a husband, or a marriage, Father, that is going through crisis, Father, that you would literally bind up the enemy, break any stronghold, Father, that is in their lives, and Father, bring them down, that they would fall on their face and worship you because of what you can do in their lives. Father, it's because of your power and your authority that we get to do what we get to do. So we love you and we praise your holy name. And we ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus, for we can do all things to him and strengthens us.